0: So our epistle this morning comes to us from Paul's letter to the Romans, and he begins his letter, like most letters, with a a salutation, an introduction in which Paul establishes who he is and by whose authority he is writing to the church in Rome. And he says, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, the gospel concerning his son, who was descended from David according to the flesh and was declared to be son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord, through whom we have received grace and apostleship, To bring about the obedience of faith among all the Gentiles for the sake of his name, including yourselves who were called to belong to Jesus Christ. To all God's beloved in Rome who are called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. It's quite an introduction. It's quite an introduction, and introductions, we will find, are important. A good introduction opens doors. It lends credibility. It establishes common ground from which a relationship can develop. Introductions help us to know who a person is and from where they come and what their intentions might be toward us. See, introductions are important. They're like references in a resume. We include references and letters of introduction when we apply for a job so that people considering us will know who we are, where we come from, what our experience is, and who and what we represent in terms of qualifications and character. And this is what Paul is trying to accomplish in these first seven verses of Romans, the first chapter. He says, I'm Paul. I'm a devoted slave of Jesus Christ, and I'm on assignment authorized as an apostle to proclaim God's words and to tell you about God's acts of power. And I write this letter to all the believers in Rome who I consider God's friends. He says the sacred writings contain these preliminary reports on, by, that were made by the prophets about God's Son. His descent from David's roots in history His unique identity as the Son of God was shown by the Holy Spirit when Jesus was raised from the dead, setting Him apart as the Messiah, our Master. Paul says, Through Him we receive both this generous gift of life and this urgent task of passing that message on to others who receive it by entering into This trust relationship with Christ. You are who you are, Paul says, through this gift and through the call of Jesus Christ on your life. And he says, and I greet you now with all the generosity of God, our father and our master, Jesus, the Messiah. That's quite an introduction. The chapter that Bobby read in Matthew is also an introduction. It says, the birth of Jesus took place like this. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. Before they came to the marriage bed, Joseph discovered that she was pregnant. It was by the Holy Spirit, but he didn't know that at the time. And Joseph, who was a little bit perturbed by the whole thought of that, but he was a generous and kind and noble person. He was determined to take care of things quietly so that Mary would not be disgraced and probably ultimately stoned to death. While he was trying to figure a way out, he had a dream. God's angel spoke to Joseph in the dream and he said to him, Joseph, son of David, don't hesitate to get married. Mary's pregnancy is spirit conceived. God's Holy Spirit has made her pregnant. She will bring a son to birth and when she does, you Joseph, you will name him Jesus, which means God saves. And because He will save his people from their sins. This is what I want you to name him. This also, Joseph, will bring the prophet's prophecy to full term. The prophecy where he said, watch for this. A virgin will get pregnant and bear a son. They will name him Emmanuel, which is Hebrew, for God is with us. And so then Joseph woke up from his dream and he did exactly what God's angel commanded him. He married Mary, but he didn't consummate the marriage until she had had the baby. And he named the baby Jesus. See, Matthew's introduction here of Jesus has some key things about this person, Jesus. It establishes that he was born into the house of David. Which is an important point because ancient prophecy said that the Messiah would come from the Davidic lineage. It also establishes that Jesus was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit born of a virgin. Jesus was born of a woman in fulfillment of prophecy and was therefore completely human in every respect. And He was conceived by the Holy Spirit supernaturally, making him also fully divine as well. It's hard to get my mind around that. Matthew's introduction also establishes that the very name Jesus was God ordained. Joseph was instructed to name him Jesus. Jesus. Translated from Hebrew means God saves and that he shall be called Emmanuel, God with us. In other words, God is with us to save us in fulfillment of prophecy and to make it clear that he was, in fact, the incarnate deity. He was God, the embodiment of the word in the flesh, all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. The introductions are important. And so here we are. It's the fourth Sunday of Advent. This whole season of Advent is an introduction. Introductions prepare us to receive what is to come. Jesus' introduction in Matthew... And Paul's letter to the Romans give us every reason we need to receive Jesus as Messiah. The fulfillment of prophecy, the pedigree of his lineage, the supernatural conception, the annunciation by the angels. What more do we need, I wonder, to receive Jesus as Lord? When I was a child, I used to get these Advent calendars every year. Are you familiar with these? They have the little doors on them that open. One door opens each day beginning on December 1st and every day until Christmas Day. And each door has a piece of chocolate behind it. And with every sweet bit of chocolate, you knew that you were one day closer to the biggest door on the calendar which meant not only a bigger piece of chocolate, but more importantly, it meant that Christmas had arrived. And the joy in the calendar for me was this sense of excitement and the sense of expectation as the big day drew nearer and nearer. Every daily door opened was this new discovery, and it led up to the big reveal on Christmas Day. And that big reveal was even more joyous because of the expectation that was built up each day along the way. See, the advent of our Lord and Savior should be like that. Each day during this Advent season, we should open our hearts and our minds like a little door. And receive into our spirit that sweet little morsel of understanding. A little more scripture, right? A little more hope, a little more love. A little more joy, a little more peace each day until when the day finally comes and Jesus is among us. God is with us. Emmanuel arrives on the scene and the glory of our Lord is revealed to us. that Christmas would be like that every year. I pray that for you today. That you would be filled with awe and expectation and that you would be fully prepared to receive that Savior that was introduced to you and to the world so many years ago. And that as you open your hearts to receive Him, you would begin the preparation for his second advent, his second coming. With that same urgency, that same expectation and hope and joy. Each day, like opening the door of an advent calendar. As you prepare, as you look forward to, as you sit in jubilant expectation that Jesus Christ is coming again. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.